0: Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 684th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Greg Peterson coming to you from my new farm in Asheville, North Carolina, and I am here tonight with Janice. Hello, Janice.
1: Hello, Greg. I'm Janice. I am. I'm holding down the urban farm here in Phoenix, but I am coming from my little two piece in a pod in North North Peoria. I'm nice. having a ton twisting
0: tonight. Epic flower garden behind you.
1: Right. I was yeah. in between vegetable plots.
0: Did you take a lesson from Lisa a mm-hmm. couple of months ago? Lisa's two months either. Ago, the chat was about we should have 20% flowers in our garden.
1: Well, I have so much fruit growing in my yard and I grew, I had this vegetable garden that got started and I decided I wanted flowers for a little while. So I did it this way.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Well, that's an awesome picture and we're going to have fun tonight. Besides providing the respiration for our plants, the foliage can be a direct method for getting nutrients into your plants. Really? Wow. (laughs) A virtually immediate foliar feeding of nutrients can give your gardens the boost that they need to improve vitality and growth. Yet with the limitations of temperatures and avoiding flowers, the biggest gardening questions we get is how and when do you fertilize vegetable gardens? We're talking with Anthony Dominguez and Derek Zellers, the founders of High Creations, about foliar feeding our gardens and trees. Welcome, guys.
2: Hello, Greg. How are you? Fantastic. Hi Greg, how's it going? Fantastic.
0: Yeah.
2: Thanks everyone for joining us today.
0: Yes, yes. So let's start off with first of all, why don't you introduce yourselves? Because you guys have a pretty epic background.
2: Okay, so I, I'm Derek Zellers. I'm that one half of a high creations. I have a background in environmental science, focusing more on environmental chemistry. So my role high creations as an owner as a passionate fruit tree lover and vegetable garden is to make sure that you guys can maximize the potential of every crop that you decide to plant in your yard
0: nice yes thanks for that yes anthony all right,
3: all right. i'm anthony dominguez owner operator of high creations scientific solutions i have a degree in microbiology and I am in charge of growing all the good bacteria that we use in the wisdom line and when we foliar feed. So that's just a little bit about me.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh,
3: did you? Oh. You're, go ahead, Janice, but I have a question for you.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, now people are starting to see why we love to do business with you guys. <laughs>
0: Right. Why? Because they're so smart about it?
1: (laughs) Not just because they're so smart about it and they've got such a good background, but because of their motivation, what's driving them. Uh, You know, I mean, they're right in line with what we do. We fit perfectly together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, Anthony, what I wanted to ask you was there's bacteria in your
3: so all of our products are going to have some bacteria that we've cultured up in our own lab they're just all beneficial soil bacteria and they usually go along with the products as just to increase microbial diversity and to help break down and release some of those nutrients
0: I love nice it. so let's just start i've got some questions here janice maybe you have some questions we'll just toss them back and forth and and we're watching for questions from the live listeners Mm -hmm. people that are here listening live. So throw them in the Q&A, please. What is foliar feeding, Anthony?
3: So foliar feeding is actually like a technique that you use to deliver nutrients to plants through some sort of spray form. That's usually in the form of like a hand pump. I know you guys have a modified sprayer down at the urban farm, some hose end sprayers, but the idea is you're transferring nutrients through the leaves, stems, and bark. And you're actually, the leaves can't uh, absorb nutrients. They can't absorb as much as the roots would, but they are very good at absorbing micronutrients and minerals and stuff that's usually a lot of stuff that's missing in our soil.
0: And it goes directly in.
3: Yeah. So you actually, yeah, it goes directly in. And that's because of one of the products we use, we end up using Sol, which is a fulvic acid, which really helps drive the nutrients through the plant cells and the stoma being able to open and close that to facilitate the transfer of the nutrients.
1: Wow.
0: All
3: right.
1: It's like a transport vehicle for all the good stuff from the liquid into the ready and waiting plant.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So we're not going through, you know, we're not putting fertilizer on the dirt soil, have it get watered in, go up through the roots. We're going directly in.
3: Right. That's correct. And we're using smaller amounts too. So it's very... And, you know, it goes a little bit, will go a long way with that. It's very, you know, effective and sustainable that way. Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. Jessica wants to know if the leaves are damaged by sunburn, will the foliar feeding still work?
1: That's an excellent question. Yeah.
2: So in short terms, the foliar feed will only work on the live tissue of the tree or the plant. Mm -hmm. Once those cells and that leaf is burned and it dies, there's absolutely no reason to actually foliar feed that particular part of the leaf. But if you have any life on that tree, then we can definitely stimulate new growth from the foliar feeding,
0: including branches,
2: including branches.
1: So in reality, it's any living plant with a living leaf can absorb through foliar.
2: That's absolutely correct.
0: Well, the reason I, so Brent asked, basically asked that question. Will it work on boxweed, greenwood? He said he didn't mean boxweed, but it'll, it'll work on any plant you want to use it on.
3: Any plant on earth.
0: There you go. <laughs> yes. That's
3: indoor, outdoor, your hydroponic crops, uh, house plants, stuff like that. Cactus, your succulents, foliar feedings for all types of plants.
1: That's and pretty amazing.
3: A, and there's also multiple levels of foliar
0: feeding. Yeah. Tell us. Right. To, I am us so
1: interested in leveling yeah. up.
0: All right. <laughs> yes. Derek.
2: Hi, Grace.
1: Tell us what the multiple levels are.
2: So your multiple levels are one, you're going to foliar feed just to keep your crops healthy. Uh, you're going to stimulate a little bit of growth. The second level of foliar feeding is influence. Now we really want to influence the fruit. We want to influence how the fruit develops. We want to influence how sweet the fruit gets. We want to influence when it's going to produce its chemicals to ripen on time. And then last but not least, we want to use foliar sprays to influence the shelf life. And so if you're just a beginner at foliar feeding, yes, you're going to focus more on actually just maintaining a healthy tree, maintaining healthy vegetables. But once you pass that level, now you can focus more of your attention on influence. (laughs) And basically what I'm saying is that you can now spray your trees to get exactly what you want out of them.
0: Intrigued. Well, and so about four years ago, four or five years ago, this is when I, it started heating up in Phoenix and both of my mentors, Scott Murray and Tom Spellman, they're both tree growers in California. They both came to me and said, Greg, foliar feed. And that's when you guys came on the scene. And we have seen dramatic results mm-hmm. with using the foliar feed, especially in the heat. Can you kind of give us a little bit of background in layman's terms, how it, how it works? So we, so spray, I- we spray it on the plants, then what?
2: So within that solution, particularly so, it's a, like Anthony said earlier, it's a fulvic acid molecule. And that molecule contains a lot of oxygen, a lot of trace minerals. And that molecule is small enough to penetrate the bark of the tree, the cuticle of the leaves, and pass directly over the cell wall of the the plant. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons why we say a little bit goes a long way because we're actually taking the nutrients directly where they're going to be metabolized. Mm -hmm. And so if you're using a product like so, you can just maintain nice, beautiful growth by using so with water. If you want to influence the fruit that's gonna be produced from your tree, you'll add a little bit of essence. And so it's a mix and match on how we use the products to get the influences that we want.
0: So let's actually define what what your products are. We have four of them on our website. And somebody just asked, Jude wants to know the link. So we'll get you a link to that page on our website, Judith. But we have four of your products, Soul, Essence, Heart, and...
2: Noble Gills. Noble Gills. Gills, thank you
0: very much. <laughs> it's like, hello, are you in there, Greg? Tell us, tell us what each of these products are and what they do. And then we're going to get to Brent's question of what's a good ratio.
2: Anthony, want to take
3: care of this? Yeah, so we, like you said, we have four products. Heart is definitely our, our foundation. That is our humic acid. That is something that's great for the ground, but it can also be sprayed on some trees as well in a very diluted concentration. It's really good at delivering micronutrients, minerals, especially it's helped with iron. It's very hard that, you know we've dealt with a lot of iron issues in Arizona, so that one seems to be working very well. It also helps hold on to some nitrogen. So if you're looking to green up the leaves, that can really help to Sol, as we mentioned earlier, is a fulvic acid, it's actually derived from, humic acid but that is like your overall transport molecule that's really what it's gonna That's really what it's designed there to do to latch on nutrients and help deliver them especially through the plant cells it's like really the most one of the most important factors about soul and then previously you heard derek mention essence which that is our pure kelp our seaweed product and mm. that is what we use to influence the, the sweetness, the shelf life. And I know you mentioned earlier about surviving the summer. Yeah, that helps. Using essence will help uh, relieve some of that stress from the environmental factors. So that's why it seems like they get a little bit break. They're a little bit more, more robust after using it. They can hold up a little bit better because it has those hormones and just helps the plant relax a little, You know, helps it promote growth. Finally, we have number four, which is noble gills. That is a fish emulsion. I think someone asked a question about that, but yeah, it's fish based. Um, It's sardines, just a fish emulsion, but it's very good quality. We make sure that the products or the sources we get from it are top notch. We got high, really high fat concentrations and protein concentrations on that. So what it's really introducing is the nitrogen source for the tree. It's also got some calcium and magnesium, which is really important for new growth and for photosynthesis as well.
1: Let me add something here. This is our garden chat. So while Greg and I have talked to you ad nauseum about foliar (laughs) feeding on fruit trees, I say that in jest because I'm never nauseous about talking about foliar feeding on fruit trees. I love our conversations. How does this apply to vegetable gardens or even flower gardens like the one I have?
2: Oh, absolutely. So one of the experiments that we like to do each year are on tomatoes and chili pepper plants. And I like to influence the tomatoes. Once I see the first sign of a flower on a tomato plant, that's when I introduce my foliar feeding. And that's wow. going to influence the blooms of the, of the flower on those tomato plants.
0: Awesome. Because my tomato plants that I planted three weeks ago, actually four weeks ago, we, we had tomato plants planted in our garden the weekend we arrived. Yes. And they're starting to flower. So that's good news.
1: Perfect timing. So then yeah, what?
2: And so the good thing about also influence the number of flowers you get on your tomato plants, you're going to help retain those flowers. And so yes. it, it just helps you just become hands on with your garden. And by retaining those flowers, you're going to get more of those flowers to pollinate. And so when it's time to thin your plants, you know, you're out there physically touching that plant. You get to see the potential of it just from those foliar feeds.
1: (laughs) Right. Now, we've talked about the flowers. And I've been making a big deal about every time I talk to somebody, don't spray the flowers. Can you explain why we say that?
3: Yes. Um, Well, do you want to? Go for it. Oh, it's really just a preventative measure. So you don't wet the pollen. If you're going to have wet pollen, there's not going to be able to pollinate, whether it's by self-pollinating or some insect tries to help, it won't because if it's wet and we really just want to keep it dry. The best measure you can do to avoid that's just spray underneath them. You could still spray you know, the branches, the trunks, the stems, the leaves, uh, but just do your best to avoid the flower. And it's just really just, you don't want to get them wet. That's, that's basically it. Yeah,
1: because the plants need it. And the pollinator bugs and birds need it, need the pollen to be yes. uninterrupted. So,
3: correct. Yep.
0: Oh my gosh, Janice, Barbara's got a question. And this is Barbara, this is a beautiful question. Thank you. She said, I purchased all four of them, they come in quart bottles. I'm not sure how to use them. Please let me know which one to use, how often, and how much. And the brilliant part of that is because those three people. Janice, Derricks, and Anthony put together a calendar. Tell us about that, Janice.
1: I'm sharing my screen. I hope y'all can see this. This is the Urban Farms Garden Nutrition Schedule. And if you're listening on a podcast, you can um, you can reach out to us, and we'll send that to you um, or send you a link to it. But basically, it is a cooperative discussion that Anthony and Derek's and I had after creating a nutrition schedule for our fruit trees about how and when to apply the products. Because the things that we suggest is you have to keep your granular fertilizing up, but then you can do the drenching and you can do the foliar feeding. And it's different for trees versus vegetables. Right, guys?
2: Absolutely.
1: And we talked about the seasons, how things change in the seasons. So I'm kind of a color coordinator geek. I like to have my programs and my, in my schedule and my book color coordinated. So I did that with this, our calendar, and I kind of lined out what the different things are to do. So basically it depends on what your season is as to when you're going to apply it. Because in the summertime, especially in Phoenix, if you're applying in the, in the afternoons, it's too hot, but in the winter times in the morning, it's too cold. So you kind of have to make, go for the goal. Now, we've been teaching that the best time to do it is when the air temperatures are somewhere between 70 to 75, give or take, like, you know, five degrees or so. What do you guys say to that?
3: Definitely. It's a really good schedule. I liked it. And yeah, that uh, the air temp, sometimes we can't always achieve that, but that would be, that's a very good rule of thumb right there, Um, you know, like you just mentioned, being in in Phoenix, we're not gonna get that 70 to 75 degree weather, but we will still foliar your feed under the right conditions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool, Jen Mo says, mine are all planted in containers. Jen, so are mine here at my new place <laughs> in Asheville. How does this change the recommendations for dilution or timing? So we haven't That's talked dilution. I know, that, uh, I know that somebody else had asked about how much to use and We sell the bundle of 32 32 ounces per bottle, four different bottles. And people look at that and say, it's not very much, but that's actually a lot. That'll cover a lot. So tell us about the dilution, would you, Anthony?
3: For sure. You know, when you say you might not think that's a very high amount, well, it actually is when we're talking about milliliters and we're selling you something that has a thousand milliliters in it. And where you're applying something like essence, you're starting off very low, one to two milliliters per gallon of water. So in that whole gallon of solution, you're only going to have two milliliters of essence, something like soul.
0: Hold on. Hold on. I got to stop you because milliliters means (laughs) nothing to me.
3: Okay, yeah. (laughs) I think the next best be like a teaspoon, right? That's probably close to it, right? If we're using uh, measuring spoons.
1: I actually have it written down in my thing. (laughs) One capful is five milliliters. Six capfuls is an ounce.
3: Okay. Oh, oh, very good. So So that's that's about your, probably your baseline is a capful and that can go to any of the products. But uh, if just want to keep this in mind, you will use the least amount of essence something like noble gills that's a fertilizer so if you want to add more up to the whole ounce that is perfectly fine something like soul up to the full uh six capfuls, one ounce that's perfectly fine that's and per you have one right yeah per gallon of water so you'll have a whole solution and in that whole solution you're going to put one ounce 30 milliliters or six capfuls of something like noble gills okay okay no. okay. okay
0: so I'm i think not, i
1: might help with that
0: i'm not that sophisticated when it comes to it. I have a half gallon, you know, things that holds water and I pour it over the plants. What I did the other day is I put a cap full of each in there with a half a gallon water and I poured it over my plants. Did that work?
3: That's still effective. Yeah. It's still still delivering those nutrients, no matter how (laughs) simple you want to get it. Yeah, it works. It, it's it's still a delivery system. It's still a delivery method. So, yes.
1: and it's an approximate. You're going to apply because everybody's going to be applying a little bit differently on their plants. A little heavier on one, a little lighter on the other. Some people just kind of maybe do a light sprinkling. I actually had to have like my...
0: on purpose. They're doing that, or
1: well. How do you accurately measure how much water you're putting on a plant? You can't. You can't. So right. it's going to be a little bit different. And, and even one day to the next and between applications is going to be different.
0: So there's a question here. Can we put it on lawns? Can we put it on fruit trees? Yes. You well, Anything that is green and growing, it'll work on. How about mushrooms? Does it work on mushrooms? Do
3: we
2: know? Absolutely. That product in particular would be Essence and Heart. Oh,
0: very good. Um, All right, cool.
2: Heart is just basically a bundle of organic matter, and it's a very nice carbon source for beneficial bacteria. And because it contains bacteria itself, it's going to help break down some of that organic matter, and your mushrooms will love to feed off of that.
0: Nice, nice. So Shirley wants to know, Can she download and print the calendar, fertilizing calendar? It's available in our shopping cart at store.urbanfarm.org. You can buy a laminated copy. It is, if you buy something in our, out of our shopping cart, then you're automatically in our membership area and you can download it there.
1: And if you buy the four pack, the system is supposed to send you a link to download, to be able to download the calendar as well. Cool. So it's a, it's a free download with a purchase of l four.
0: Excellent. So Barbara wants to know what about how much water after applying this product? So we do the foliar feed, then we're probably going to hold off on watering, right?
3: Yeah. You wouldn't spray the tree again, but if you are still planned or scheduled to water that fruit tree or that plant, yeah, you would continue with regular watering. If you're applying it with as a drench, that's, not foliar, that's like you just said. I poured it in a container and I went down on the ground. You can do, you can use our products up to three times a week when you're feeding. Uh, oh, wow! Just like, just like you said, foliar, not so much, but if you're doing a drench application, feeding the garden, yes, you can.
0: All right, so tell us the difference between foliar and drench, just so people get that distinction.
3: Well, like we had mentioned earlier, that you're not gonna get the same amount of nutrients as you would. Foliar feeding, as you do drench, more Mm -hmm. of your nutrients are going to be absorbed through the roots. So that way, that's why you can feed them more often and more frequently. Foliar feeding, you're really just trying to bridge the gap on some of those micronutrients. Some of the the really hard to find in the soil. Sometimes they're tied up, sometimes they're unavailable, Mm -hmm. but that is the idea behind foliar. So you don't have to do that that often. And it works because you're just trying to provide a very small amount of a micronutrient.
0: And what kind of results are you guys seeing with your clients? I mean, I can speak about the results with my clients. but You guys do this for a living every day. Tell me about somebody that you worked with that you just got dramatic results. You've got to have somebody.
2: Oh, yeah. For sure. uh, so we work with uh, a lot of universities here throughout the city. And one of the uh, projects we were introduced to were, was to convert the entire campus from 95% conventional to 100% organic in a matter of 10 months. What? That's yes. mind
1: blowing. And can you
0: share who that is?
2: Yes, that is the uh that is uh Arizona State University, the West Campus.
1: Nice. Uh,
2: wow. So we started
1: Oh, and they've got that great pepper program over there too.
2: Yeah, yes, yes. And this was actually done in a period of ten months. We wrote up a program. We started with heart because heart is like Anthony said early; it's the foundation to the wisdom lie. And so we started with heart with what we call a shock treatment. We shocked the entire system, the entire campus. Did a high dosage of heart. The good thing about these products, they're soil amendments, so they're not going to kill the plant. (laughs) they can only help the soil and help the mm-hmm. root system. Mm-hmm. And so we started a, a shock treatment for about three months and that was just during the summer. And once fall came around, that's when we introduced our noble gills, our essence and so. And the good thing about noble gills, it's a digestible source of nitrogen. So you don't have to worry about the salts building up that caused the campus to go down in the first place. After each lawn cutting, we used essence. And what did essence do at that point? It prevented the crowns of the grass from going into shock. And so we could get a much healthier grass immediately after cutting. And of course, so mixed in with the entire package helped deliver those nutrients into the grass blades.
0: Wow. So as of,
2: as of today, Uh we are 95% organic and five percent conventional so we still have a little work to do where is that at asu asu west West.
0: and that's not just on the lawns though is that on everything
2: that's the entire campus the The flowers flowers, the trees
0: trees. wow you know what's you know what's really amazing that you guys there's a huge rival you guys got to know this everybody (laughs) listen there's a huge (laughs) rival between asu and u of a And these guys are both U of A graduates. And what's really cool is that they hired U of A graduates to fix
3: this. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it. One thing I'd like to bring up from that customer is that, you know, how we first started our applications was foliar feeding. They had a container and they just sprayed the field. That's how, that's our first few applications were sprayed on the grounds. Yeah. So it's just like, someone asked either, can you use this on lawns? Absolutely. Yes. You can foliar feed, your lawn. Yes. You can use this on your lawn and you'll get great results. Yeah.
0: Carrie says, I heard that it may be better to spray the underside of leaves or at least to get them, uh, get that done. Does that make sense with your products when doing a foliar?
2: That's been the norm to spray both sides of the leaves and make sure you could see the droplets fall off. But The difference between our technology and what was done, you know, decades ago is that we have that transport molecule. So it really doesn't matter if it's sprayed underneath or on top of the leaf, it's still going to translocate.
0: Nice. And how do we store these? What temperatures we're at?
2: So rule of thumb for us that we keep them in our warehouse. So definitely don't store them in your garage, particularly Noble Gill's. It is a fish emotions and it has really strong odor, works really well. But some people just aren't used to that odor, so we were advised not to store the noble gills inside of your garage. Anywhere outside would be perfectly fine for heart, soul, and essence. Inside of the garage is okay, outside is fine, just out of direct sunlight. Yeah, that's probably the most
3: important part right there out of direct cool. sunlight.
0: Shirley says, I bought four bottles last month before Greg moved to North Carolina, (laughs) not South Carolina. We're in North Carolina. Um, And she received the fruit tree schedule, but would like to get what Janice just showed. That is in your member account on our website. And here's the thing, everybody. Our programs are still our programs. We're still doing fruit trees. We're still doing the farm tours. Everything will be the same. You will see me back in Phoenix in October and in January for the fruit tree program, so nothing has changed except my address. Mary Lynn says, Do you provide services to individual homes? You guys are you guys make this product, you don't apply it, correct?
3: Yeah, that's correct. We don't uh, actually go to visit any, anybody's properties like that, and that's just really more of liabilities for the most part, insurance, and issues like that.
0: Cool. Kim L says. Anthony and Derek's love seeing these successes. Oh hey yes. Kim. Hi Cam. <laughs> How are you? Nice. Great. I, love I that. do, too. You know, I'm a I'm a I've been self-employed for f- almost 50 years. I started when I was 15 years old. And it's I always love it when somebody figures out something and then goes and be is being successful doing it. And you guys are just rocking it. Nice. Thank you. Yes, Janice. Um,
1: Shirley said that she was looking to see what I just showed. If she got the fruit tree schedule, if she got the products in person and not in on the store, mm-hmm. then she just sends me an email, Janice at urbanfarm and I'll take care of that for her.
0: Jessica wants to know how often do we your feed, and does it change depending on the season? I think on the yes. calendar, on the calendar, you have it uh, every two weeks, right?
1: Well, the way we've been teaching for the fruit trees is you can do it every two weeks. Or as little as once a month. You but don't need to stress.
3: Yeah, that's good advice. Up to two times a month and at minimum almost like once a month. Jen yeah. wants to know,
0: will the noble gills odor attract animals or insects?
3: Flies. It'll,
0: it'll it'll drive your neighbors away a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my dog
3: you know, absolutely loves it. Just FYI. Oh, right, so exactly. Have a dog you know, or a pet outside. Yes.
1: It's funny. My garage had some and it had a little spill. And my husband was like, man, that stinks. And I walk out, I'm like, I don't know what the problem is.
3: <laughs>
1: like, maybe it's because I'm a Pisces, I don't know. But I don't, it, it, to me, it wasn't as strong as as some people. I think more people, some people are a little more sensitive to it.
0: So Kim wants, Kim, first of all, Kim says, hi there, you're doing great. She also says, can I foliar feed right now, even though there's fruit on the trees and plants? You can absolutely do that, can't you? Yes, you can
2: you can fold your feet right now. At this stage, if there's any fruit on the tree, it's gonna be influencing what you're gonna get towards your harvest. So you might be able to influence a little bit of the size right now, but you're definitely going to influence the bricks, how sweet or what particular fruit that's on your tree right now, you're definitely going
0: to influence it with the foliar feet. It helps increase the flavor of food, right?
1: I think it's probably yeah. increasing the nutrition because you're putting all those micronutrients into it that too. Yeah. Um, so
2: you're basically focusing on the fruit to develop more of the flesh. So th- that's a good part about the influence of uh, foliar feeding.
1: Mm. Got some questions here that I'd like to throw at you. Right. Sue is asking, how long does the product last? What's what or does it lose potency over
3: time? Really have no expiration dates on the products so with time they just get better they're allowed to break down a little bit more and so it really just helps the nutrients become more and more available like i said they're soil amendments and one fertilizer the noble gills isn't going to get any worse smelling it's going to stay about this <laughs> going to stay about the same so everything like heart soul and essence they're all going to be very stable and not really they're not the you know the percentage wise or what they're giving off isn't really going to change much.
1: I like that. I just, it gets better over time. <laughs> I'm going to be using that answer when people ask me that question in the future. Okay. Is,
0: is there another person or storefront or pickup available this weekend? Yes, place your order online. And if you're picking up in the Phoenix area, there's a couple of pickup points.
1: For pickup in the Phoenix area, we've got one at North Peoria and one in North Glendale this point. We didn't realize that when we were losing greg that we were losing you know (laughs) we should have moved our homes too but that's where we're stuck (laughs) or we ship we definitely can ship these
0: yeah here's an interesting question has anybody used these products in compost tea is there a possibility to multiply the biology in the product by producing compost tea
2: Uh, i'll let our microbiologist
3: handle that i was gonna say yeah (laughs) for sure we actually have a couple gardening groups that they make compost tea with all, all the time. They hand out a recipe in their Facebook and it's got heart and it's got essence and it's got soul in it. And I would say if you're trying out compost tea, the best thing you could feed it would probably be uh, essence, the kelp. It's just really, it's probably the best microbe food you're gonna have. And so you're really gonna get a rich diversity when you're using that product, nice. so especially- well, yes, when you
0: yeah, there's microorganisms in there. If you're composting it, that's making more microorganisms,
3: right. especially
0: if you add a little bit of molasses in there, right?
3: I, I know that's a, an, a recipe that people use. We don't really recommend it. And okay. I'll give you a reason why, because that type of sugar is actually promoting the uh, microbes we don't want to grow. That's uh, not in a form that the our microbes are really going to want, that type of just the way it's built. So they want to actually break it down and pull the carbon out of it. So it actually feeds, I feel like it feeds something not pathogenic, but it's definitely not the guys we're searching for.
0: That makes, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> that
3: makes
1: sense. <laughs> wow. Brent. There you have it folks out of the mouth of a microbiologist. Why molasses might not be so good in this combination.
0: Nice. Brent wants to know I live in Northwest Oregon and our summers virtually have no rain Is it safe for me to foliar feed when the sun is blazing on them for six to eight hours?
3: Don't foliar feed in direct sunlight. And so the best times for you to either to wait till the sun goes down or if you can get it really early in the morning. So the sun is on the tree, do not spray it. Don't do that.
1: I like to tell people that if, you know, in the summertime, because especially in Phoenix, this may be different in other areas, the heat of the day stays for a while. So it's going to take a while for this, the heat to cool down and you're not going to be as effective. So you're just kind of wasting your money and and it's not doing much. So in the summertime, you you try to do it in the early morning while it's still cool below 75 or 80 degrees. And in the winter time, it takes a while for it to warm up. So that's when you're going to be getting into the temperatures that might be in the range of 70, 75. So you can start in the afternoons after the sun has gone down.
0: This is a really good question, Carrie. She says, so microbes are bacteria and fungi?
3: Microbes? Yeah, there's more than that, too. They have viruses are also a microbe. Got protozoa, algae. Those are all different types of microbes. Nice.
1: Um, here's one. Carrie says, what's the transport system? What transport system of the plant does soul help? How does it help transport?
2: So on that molecule of the fovic acid molecule, there are calcium ions. And so once that product is sprayed onto the leaf, those calcium ions, they stimulate the stomata to open and basically around that stomata you have guard cells. And those guard cells could have some type of ion that protects that stomata from opening. Usually it's triggered when it's time to re- release gases. But the unique thing about our product so is that because it has those calcium ions attached to the molecule, we're able to stimulate that, that stomata to open without the presence of any type of gas release. And that's the transport molecule is how we get inside of the uh, of the phloem and the xylem.
0: Of oh those. my God, I Thank haven't you. heard phloem and xylem since biology classes yes, yes. in college <laughs> yes. 20 years ago.
1: Thank you, Carrie. That was an excellent question.
0: Uh, let's see, Carrie also says, so here's a funny question. What is the best way to extract noble gills? It tends to be thick from the container. Any tips?
3: Yeah, sometimes you can uh, pour it Like you're gonna pour a little bit out of it, but if you're talking about the actual material being stuck to the bottle, sometimes we use a little bit of sole to help. Almost works as like a yeah, loosen it, like a lubricant to get it out of there. And you can shake it up real well and get it out that way. Um, you can use a little bit of water too, but we do know that it is it just has a little bit of texture like that. So sometimes it's just gonna get just a little stuck and you really just a little bit of soul will help you out to move it around
0: for me the other day what I did is I just poured it in the top in the cap and I filled it up all the way and then I rinsed it out with water into the uh, into the waterer.
3: yeah that works too for sure yeah, that's fine
0: so Mary and Audrey yes Palo Verde's you can use it on Palo Verde's you can definitely use it on grapes what is the timing on using it on food that you're going to eat
2: um, so, oh, yeah. for example, if you're looking at maybe some type of leafy greens, uh, leaf lettuce that you can harvest like in 30 days, we would recommend that you can fold your feet with noble gills probably that first week. And for the remainder uh, three weeks, we would just recommend you drench. Yeah, so probably that first week uh, of plant growth. That's just recommended based on the leafy green safe, uh, safety uh, regulations, because those particular nutrients that we have, have the ability to grow all microbes, even E. coli and listeria. So the safe bet and for us through experience and regulatory is to probably do a foliar application the first week. And then for the remainder three weeks, we just drench.
3: Oh, very good. And this is something like he's talking like a 30 day crop. So if your crops a little bit, it's going to take a little bit longer to mature I think it's safe to say, say is like three weeks before harvest. Cut it off. Don't don't no more foliar feeds like that. Got it. Perfect.
1: I'm going to have to add that to my schedule.
0: Sue wants to know: Can you use too much?
2: You can use too much of essence. Right. Essence, which is the liquid uh, kelp, mm-hmm. uh, that contains plant growth regulators, naturally occurring plant growth regulators. And if your concentration, if your spray is too concentrated, you can affect the growth of the plant. You can stunt the growth and the plant will completely stop growing. And if it's used at the right amount, you can influence growth. For heart, soul, and uh, noble gills, there's no limit on the concentration of the amount you can use.
0: Judith wants to know, what does the fruit and tomatoes taste like with the foliar feed.
3: So are you asking if there's going to be a fishy, fishy taste or a fishy I think smell? So. Yeah, we don't really have issues with that, even using noble gills. And that's normally because, like you said, we don't ever recommend you use too much, like you said, there's no limit to how much you can use. But I think the kind of the theme we've had earlier is that a little is gonna go a long way. Yeah. And when it's diluted in a gallon of water, that fish isn't really gonna have. not going to affect the taste of your tomato plants like that it won't have any scent or nothing like that so you should be okay it should provide any but if you're asking if it's going to make it a sweeter tomato well the idea is that we're going to have an overall healthier plant so it should produce an overall healthier fruit a better quality fruit
0: cool peggy wants to know if you have a basic compost tea recipe you would recommend
3: well we really don't we haven't put together a compost tea recipe and i think really that's because we're a, a big proponent or component of our products you know we really uh-huh. like to use those if you do choose to make your own compost tea that's fine but we don't have a set recipe we like to go straight with our products and you know this is something derek's brought up early they do have the ability to feed any types of microbes so before we get our products to you guys onto the shelves they have to get tested for e coli Salmonella, Listeria, and coliforms. Oh, wow. So so that's why we don't recommend making a compost tea with it, because as long as we do our part and get you those products without any sort of contamination, I feel pretty safe recommending foliar feeding to you guys.
0: Awesome, thanks. Kim wants to know, she's prepping hard soil. What's the best product to use in, in helping the soil break up and grow plants?
2: So you would definitely want to use heart. We want to start from the ground up. So I would recommend heart. And you will apply heart to the soil throughout the summer, throughout the fall, throughout the winter. Make sure there's sufficient amount of water. And probably after a year of prepping that ground, you would be ready to plant anything, including trees, vegetables, shrubs, and flowers. Nice.
1: I love the way that this is with the drenching, you're not just feeding your plant, but you're also feeding the soil. You're feeding that whole ecosystem that lives in the soil and helping that multiply and expand. And that's what's needed in order to replenish, especially here in the Valley of the Sun in Phoenix, you definitely need to restore life to our soil. I love that Hart does that.
2: Yeah, we have a saying that we like to use, and it's basically, we feed the soil that feeds the microbes that feeds the plant.
0: (laughs) That feeds us. Absolutely,
2: (laughs) that feeds us. (laughs)
1: Um, Peter's been asking a couple of times, where does he buy this? And basically, you can go to store.urbanfarm.org slash foliar. And that's where we carry. The Urban Farm carries those products. I'm putting that link in the chat. Yeah, it's in the chat already.
0: All right. Audrey wants to know which solutions come in five-gallon containers. I think they all do, right? They all do. Yep.
3: Yes. Yep, they sure
0: do.
1: And we actually have all four of them at the Urban Farm for pickup only. We are not going to try shipping those things.
3: Yes. <laughs> 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 Sorry,
1: Greg.
0: Although I may need uh, I may need a whole pallet of them here. Maybe we'll maybe we'll ship a pallet here. All right. How often? Kerry wants to know how how often would I use heart to restore soil? Is once a week good?
2: Once a week for about three months worth you know, of applications.
1: Yeah, okay. you know when you're when you're trying to make a decision to invest in your trees or your plants, the food that you're eating. It, it can be a little bit challenging to make that decision. And this is basically you can level up your care in what you're choosing. So if somebody is in a financial pinch and can't do all four of them, which one or two should they start with?
3: For me, I would say definitely heart and soul would probably be your most basic to start off with. Heart's going to be great, like we've uh, mentioned earlier, for working on the soil to get a little bit softer, to release and regenerate some of those nutrients. And I think soil is just perfect for anyone starting off foliar or drench, just because it's that transport molecule. It does have some micronutrients and it'll help hold on to some nitrogen as well. So pretty much those are the very, very basic. Good. Oh my gosh.
0: So I'm really excited about this. In Phoenix, I only have the two-gallon pump sprayer. It's a hand pump sprayer, right? Right. I ended up leaving it behind. I didn't want to pack it and bring it here. I left it with the new owners of the urban farm. So all I have is a watering can, which I've been using. And Janice said, Justin was at the house the other day and had a backpack battery-powered one that was four gallons. And it's like, what? And so I actually went and found one. So it would have made life so much easier foliar feeding 80 fruit trees at the urban farm. If I would have had a battery powered backpack one. So yes. I now have one here in uh, North Carolina yes. and I'll be using it on all my fruit trees and everything that way.
1: They're they're a little pricey. They're like $200, right? $250. Yeah. So it's an investment, it, but it's definitely it's worth it. It's a
3: real good tool though. I like yes. it a lot. Yeah. 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 I'm going to have
0: to figure out how we can do our, uh, sprayer mod kit on it
1: so we had a question come through and I want to just really quickly clarify this again in the urban farm fruit tree program nutrition program and the urban farm garden nutrition program we talk about three different types of feeding we talk about the foliar feeding which is spraying the nutrients on the leaves We talk about drench feeding, which is pouring the liquid nutrients around the the root zone of the trees. Both of these these programs, both of these types of feeding are directly in our program because of the high creations products that we've grown to absolutely love. And the third type of feeding is granular fertilizing. And if you are using hopefully organic fertilizers, that those are the granules that you would be putting in the soil around your trees and your plants. So that's the three different types of applying nutrition to the plants that you're caring for.
0: Awesome. Let's see, we got a couple more here, real quick, to wrap up. Is it even okay for me to foliar feed in uh, Oregon? Absolutely.
1: I think that was just, or should I just use the drench method? Brent, oh, you yeah. need to tell us where you're from.
0: Oregon. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember. Sue wants to know, could you discuss volume to apply per square foot of garden soil? You you pump it up and spray it. That's what I say.
3: <laughs> well, it's it's I would say it's not so much. If you're applying to garden soil, I feel like it's just the amount of product you want to stretch out. So, you know, one ounce of heart can really treat your whole backyards if you know you had a you know a small backyard you know standard you know we got a lot of those typical homes with so many square foot backyards you can use one ounce of heart up to one ounce to heart just as long as you're able to you know effectively deliver it whether it's by if you spray it or if you have a hose end sprayer and you're just able to deliver that whole amount equally throughout you know it's fine so it's not just because you have a larger area you're trying to treat doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to use a whole bunch of product.
0: See, Audrey says, what about plants and veggies in pots more often because nutrients run out when watered? Sure. You can't overdo it. I noticed that I've just in the past week, I hit my plants once and they exploded and I just used the one cap in a half a gallon of water of each one of them. And it made a huge difference. So, You know, at that level, you can't overdo it. And, you know, once a week is definitely not out of the question. I know that there are automated ways to using a dositron that, you know, adds it in every time it gets watered, you know, so in lower dosages. So
3: and sometimes that's all you need. Like you, uh, you've mentioned a couple of times before, just a cap full of each and yep. a half a gallon of water. Sometimes that's really sufficient. You know, a little is going to go a long way. And yeah. especially if you're worried about being in pots and the water running off. Yes, that smaller amount is going to be a safer choice for you.
0: Yeah. friend says, yeah, you really, you guys really answered my questions. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Aw. <laughs> It was really uh, funny because when we started this conversation, like Greg says, we need to try and keep this to about 35, 40 minutes. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that ain't good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've had a couple of questions about closer pickups to Tucson or Gilbert. And I would just suggest shipping shipping to Tucson and Gilbert in our flat rate boxes is pretty inexpensive. So I would just I would just order it and have it shipped. And Janice, a- is, uh, Janice is really good about getting it out
1: yeah if a lot of people if you have several things that you want to pick up it's a bigger order maybe we can figure out something that we're closer on one of those days i I just somebody's got to drive
3: yeah
0: yeah yeah jewel says when can you continuously harvest oranges and lemons i don't use the foliar spray on spray on fruit
1: when you can continuously harvest oranges or fruits i don't use the foliar spray I would say, and Jewel, I think we talked about this, spray the trunks, the branches, and the leaves just try and stay away from the fruit.
3: And if you're looking you know, just for citrus in general, I think one of the best products you can use for them, which will actually be a drench application, is heart. And it's great for increasing the water carrying capacity for those guys. So that's something you can use all year round. Carrie wants to
0: know, can you use heart in a fertigation system? Can you use any of these in fertigation or dosatrons?
2: You can use heart and soul because uh, it's just a much uh, easier flow on those products. They don't contain that many solids. However, with uh, Essence and Noble Gills, the products will have to be diluted down first, and then it can go through a dosatron or a fertigation system.
0: Got it. Yep. Cool. Hey, Carrie, do you know Scott Murray at Edge of Urban Farm in Vista? I know you were in the San Diego area. He does a lot of work around that kind of stuff. You might want to connect with him. Shoot me an email, and I'll introduce you.
1: Somebody All wants right. to know about lawns. We have two lawn questions, and while yep. this is gardening, and there then we're going wrap it up. Certain areas are that actually <laughs> there are certain areas that do have lawns, not not recommended by us in Phoenix. But a couple of questions. One says, "Do I is it best to add the fol- the foliar feeding to the lawn prior to or after the a flood irrigation?" which is here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And the other one has a a lawn that's going to be flipped and she wants to know, this is Carrie and anonymous. Carrie says she's going to solarize the area thinking of using heart as a soil soak. What would be a good program to start turning the soil around once the plastic is lifted? Definitely heart, right?
2: That will be hard. And for the uh, first question, you definitely want to get the product down before the flood.
1: Before the flood.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: if you can if there's any way to release it while it's the water is being pulled in or being flooded that's probably ideal yeah um, if you can do that
1: so sit there as the water's going in and just pour a little bit drizzle a little bit
3: right as it's coming no, so what we've actually found out if you get a five gallon bucket and you can take a small drill bit and you can take the whole cord apart pour it um, in the bucket top it off with water and then just remove that piece of tape from where you made your hole. And it'll just continually drop small amounts of heart and blood irrigation.
0: Brilliant.
3: Right. (laughs) See, Greg,
1: aren't you glad we didn't cut this off at 40 minutes? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um,
0: Brent Brent says, I love that heart and soul as the name. So speak to your products. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah. You know uh, what? We more, are gonna, we're
0: going to do one more question and then we are done. Uh Kim says, as I harvest my peaches, nectarines and apples, can I spray now or wait until I'm done harvesting?
2: You can spray now and if possible, try to spray 2 weeks before you harvest. Thank you.
1: For the fruit.
0: For the
2: fruit. 3 yeah.
1: weeks for the green lettuce type products.
0: Yes. All right. All right. So one more commercial here. First of all, thank you, Derek's and Anthony for being here. You are all always a huge amount of information. We so appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Um, we do these monthly chats for free to educate people. It's, it really comes from our team's deep desire to make sure that we educate people. And, the way we pay for all of this is by selling products in our store, store.urbanfarm.org forward slash foliar for foliar products tonight. And our new patron program, would you put the patron link in our in the chat, Janice? We have a patron program. You can find it at urbanfarm.org forward slash patron. It's designed to support us, but it's also designed to support you. We have three different levels of the patron program. And by signing up, you get extra education. So do you mind uh, please, me
3: asking, what does that cost on those levels, Greg?
0: We have a $10 level, $10 a month level, which is basically opens up all of our past podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have over 700 podcasts. And you can listen to the last year's worth of podcasts on our podcast free. feed for free. If you want to hear Jason Mraz, Elaine Ingham, David Holmgren, all people that came in prior years, you can do that by signing up at, 10, at the $10 level. The $25 level comes with that and two extra classes a month, plus discounts on our courses. And then there's a $75 a month package that we have that includes uh, monthly coaching with our team, me and Janice and Scott Murray at some point will join us. So
1: I'm sure we're going to have you guys on there too.
3: Awesome. Exactly. Awesome.
0: Yes. <laughs> very yes. cool. So thank you all very much. Thank you, Janice. We tomorrow. It. Oh, tomorrow. Yes. So you, you better speak about that.
1: Tomorrow night. We've got a classy a brand new class called grains for guts and gardens Bill McDormand is going to be joining us and helping us get a little bit of a very timely discussion on how to grow grains for ourselves. With the world situation that we're having right now, I think this is going to be a very important topic. And with the world situation right now, fertilizer is really hard to get, could be get really expensive. So that's why you need high creations.
0: There you
1: go. The wisdom line.
0: Thank you guys. Thank you everybody for showing up. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Janice.